Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? Do, 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 do. Yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast king. Oh, you're still recording. Three, two. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Titsolo and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. Yes, Hello. Amanda. Hi, How are you? Jason, I'm good. You know, the the cold is really getting to me. Mercury in retrograde is getting to me. Seasonal depression is getting to me. But you know what? Yeah. Still we rise. Still we rise. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Barely. We're just doing the best that we can. And that's all I have to say about that. Jason, happy almost birthday. Oh, thank you. I mean. Birthdays are always a mess. Especially I mean, now in COVID. I'm just so over yeah. it. <laughs> especially in COVID and especially when we get old, older, I feel like every year on a birthday, we're like, oh, God, what now? Yeah. You know? But yeah. I think this is your year, and I want to say I'm so proud of you. You're always hustling. You're always oh. writing. You're always building something new, and this year's your year. What are you turning? 34? Thank you. 35? 33? Oh. Just say 21. <laughs> You're turning 21. I'm taking I'm taking 10 years, 10 plus years off because <laughs> of COVID. Turning 21. So, got a feeling 21's gonna be a good year. You know that song from Tommy? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm having a day. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? No. Have you watched anything good or, or read anything inspiring this week? Um, I watched this show called Abbott Elementary last night. It is so, so freaking funny. I was like dying the whole time. What's um, it it's written. It's on like, I think ABC. I think I watched mm-hmm. it on Hulu though. Um, it is written and created by Quinta Brunson, who is a like, um, she went viral for doing uh sketches on instagram you know and then oh, so i thought wow. it was really interesting yeah and then she ended up getting picked up by buzzfeed yeah she ended up like being cast because she's a comedian she ended up being cast in the first season of a black lady sketch show uh that was on hbo and now she has her own show her own show that she's created and it's hilarious it's like uh about working in um public school in philadelphia and it's kind of like the office where it has like the good camera the camera yeah. setup which you know i love you love the office <laughs> yeah you love the office. 
But uh, and it was kind of sad too. Like it was really, really fucking good. It has a lot of heart to it. So I really enjoyed that. So y'all should check it out. I love you should check it like out. That. You don't like comedies. I no, I do like comedies. <laughs> not like you just want to watch Scandal again. Yeah, always. <laughs> I always want to watch Scandal. That's pretty much it. Although I, although This Is Us is back, and so I've been following This Is Us, which I do love. I do love it. I was gonna throw shade and be like, mm-hmm. the first season, the first like wave of seasons, I think were better. But I think like it's at the bar so high, and fans like want to see yeah. certain stories. So when they tell different stories of the characters, you're sort of like, this is not what I signed up for. But it's also it's so oh, good. yeah. And everyone loves Jack Pearson. You know what I'm saying? Like we of just course. we love to see it. Let's get him on. Ah. I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would. Jason, I'm so pumped to talk to our guest today, Janine. Right? Yes, she is like superwoman. I can't wait to talk to her. Just reading her bio, mm-hmm. I can't even, my brain can't keep up with just reading everything she does. She's like the superwoman of performing and survival jobbing and all of the things. I am pumped. Yeah. Same, same. Tell me about her. Yeah, and I also want to say, before I tell you about her, she started mm-hmm. following us, and I think that's really awesome uh, that she oh, found us. So that's going to be fun, and and also that feels nice. That's a good description word, that Real. feels nice. Yeah, it so that- It's like people were like finding us and like yeah. listening to us and supporting us. It's really cool. Yeah, it is cool, and, and it is, it's nice for us, and I love you. And happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell everyone about Janine. Janine DeVita DeBella was born in Charleston, West Virginia, raised in Overland Park, Kansas, and graduated from the University of Michigan with a double major in musical theater and communications. Janine's professional performance engagements extend across stage, film, television, and concert halls from New York City to national and international tours. She is best known for her appearances in popular Broadway shows, including Grease as Rizzo, Jagged Little Pill, Anything Goes, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, and in the national tours of If Then, Young Frankenstein, and Finding Neverland. Additionally, she has played iconic roles all around the United States at Tony Award-winning regional theaters such as the Arena Stage, the Goodspeed Opera House, the Alliance Theater, and many more. On screen, she has played opposite Dustin Hoffman, Josh Lucas, and Luke Kirby on television shows such as The Deuce, on HBO Mm. Elementary, and in the film Hear My Song. In addition to performing, Janine serves as the entertainment producer on the global entertainment team for the USO, where she produces entertainment for our service members and their families worldwide. Janine released her first pop single, Try, and lives in New York City with her husband, Richard DelBello. So for more information and to listen to her music, visit JanineDeVita.com or visit any of the streaming platforms. Yes. I'm so excited to talk to her. Let's bring her in. Let's go. Hi, Janine. Welcome to Survival Jobs. Hi, for having me. We're so excited you decided to join the Zoom room. Yeah, thank you. I think what you guys are doing is awesome. That's so nice. This whole process has been amazing to get to talk to artists, especially that we've seen perform and have followed that are now coming on. So Jason and I are 
stoked. I was going to say we're excited, <laughs> but I just said excited four times in one sentence. So I thought that that was probably good. on the bachelor. They say amazing, like a dozen times. In the whole show, so it's fine. <laughs> like, you're like, this is amazing. Like how many times can you, it's like a fun drinking game. Like you drink every time oh, they say amazing. And by the time the end of the show comes, you're like, you know, wasted. <laughs> So if we just want to jump right in, you know, this podcast is called survival job. So do you have a survival job that you had along your journey to your amazing career that you have now that has positively impacted your journey or how you got to where you are? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I I don't necessarily think, yes, I had survival jobs like when I was acting, but I will say like, I was really lucky that I made a living as an actor for 12 years, you know, like I, would, I, 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 I did, I would go from contract to contract, you know, and then I, I would collect unemployment, like in between, that was kind of like part of my business plan, um, you know, as we all do, but, you know, in between also I would teach, um, I would go and I would, I taught it in New Canaan. I would take the train out there and I would teach on the weekends. Um, I waitressed for a little bit. I was a cocktail waitress. I catered. I was a shot girl. I did like literally, I did all these like random parties out in Long Island, right? They would like dress us up and I'd like walk around with drinks and like feel completely out of place. I did that for like the first summer that I moved here, but that was back in 2007. So that was a long time ago. So I, yeah, I definitely like did things here and there to like supplement and everything, but I was really lucky. I did make a living as, as an actor, like just performing. That said though, even while I was performing, I've always been very entrepreneurial. So while I was on tour, I had a concert company. And so I would like hire out, I would, I would program concerts for retirement communities. I had the company with a friend and it was called Signature Broadway Pops. And we would uh, send out, I would either perform if I was available or he would perform, we perform together, or I would hire out friends um, to, to perform and we would take a commission on top of, you know, their performances. So that was a way for me to supplement my income as an artist. Um, and also it, it, you know, it's aided me in where I am now as a producer because all of that stuff I was able to kind of do in tandem with my performing career because I always knew I wanted to produce and direct and kind of have more of like just I don't know more autonomy with my career and um, so I knew I would need the experience and I double majored in college so I already had that kind of like mindset of performing but also like it's bullshit that I can't like part of my own path in this business. Yeah. And I hate, I like, I like, I hated that. I've always hated that. I've always hated being beholden to someone else's season, being beholden to whatever is being produced. And yes, I played that game. Yes. I was super lucky getting cast in things and I was strategic about things I went after, but I, I did have these other things I did because I knew eventually I wanted to end up having autonomy kind of over my life. So that's a really long-winded answer to your question. But yes, I did do a bunch of stuff, a bunch, a bunch of stuff um, that uh, then led me into, uh, you know, what I'm doing now. For sure. 
That's incredible. You just listed off like a million survival jobs in one breath. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, I think as an artist, like, <laughs> I think we're, we're all like very, we, we've learned from our teachers, like watching our teachers and being, you know, in their classes, we've learned different techniques that we like. So I think like teaching children is always a great thing. I always love being around kids. So I used to teach kids in, like I said, in New Canaan. So I used to take the train out there. I used to teach um, what I called glorified babysitting. I used to teach five-year-olds. And so, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, so I I would teach out there. And then I also took like, taught at like a Broadway boot camp, and I would just get hired at different places to teach. Um, And then I just dove in and started this, this, this concert company with my friend, um, just kind of dove into that. I think for me, it was just about like staying open to possibility and like knowing that I could just figure it out, you know? So I just, sure. um, dove, dove into that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was definitely busy all the time and I'm still busy all the time, but that's kind yeah. of how I like, like to live my life. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I like to be busy. I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jason has so. like five million projects at once. <laughs> He's it. I like that. But I, I think, you know, as long as you can handle it and you're not going crazy, I think it's like, that's just like how we are as artists. It's like, you just like, you got to do a little this, a little that, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Got to do stuff to keep you going and keep you happy or else you can really fall into a hole very easily. Yeah. And that's something else too, to, you know, with survival jobs, I also think it's important too, like if you're down or whatever, because you didn't book something like go take a class, like it's like whatever keeps you moving forward or will help you survive in this business. Like I would be sad about not getting something and I would give myself a day or two to mope and I would mope hardcore. And then I'd be like, okay, like how do I pick myself up out of this and carry on, you know, cause it's hard. This business is really hard. And for a long time, you know, everything was super personal to me. And it wasn't until I found the confidence of like doing other things where I was like, ah, you know what? The business is a business. Take it or leave it. Is that like the biggest lesson you've learned from like being your own boss in a way with your, with your touring company? Yeah. Well, I don't have that anymore. So let me just clarify. Okay. We, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was like, we, I only had that for like a couple years. Um, okay. And then that kind of just like fizzled out. We just kind of moved on. But all of these different yeah. experiences that I've had have like led me to, to where I am. So now I'm a producer for the USO. I produce entertainment for our military all over the world. Um, I'm also, I also wrote a screenplay that's in development. So I, I just, and I had for an, I have a company called Empowered Voices that does sexual assault prevention for the military using theater as the driving force of the teachings. Again, all these things though led me to this point to have the confidence to, to feel like I could be an administrator. I could be a producer. I could be a teacher at that, at that level, at that level. Yeah. 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 So, and I could be a manager of people. Like I managed 35 artists, um, with the USO show troop. And so, you know, all of the, all of those like little survival jobs that I had though, that I just kind of said yes to, you know, gave me the confidence to believe that I, I could be in these leadership positions. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and advocate for the people who need to be advocated for. Artists, like, we're scrappy. Like, we just make it work. And mm. 
I, I feel like what we bring to the workforce in terms of like the like in the administrative world and the corporate world, the not-for-profit world, I think is a really big asset because we know how to think strategically. We know how to think creatively. We know how to communicate. We know how to get our points sure. across. And I, I think those skills, those skills can't really be taught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of just have to embody it. And um and that's why I think that a lot of artists, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit mm-hmm. to think like, oh, maybe I could move into the not-for-profit world. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, transitioning from one to the other. You're just evolving as a human, like as an adult, as an artist, it's, it's evolving. And that's yeah. kind of how I feel like I, I am right now. Because for a while, I, I mean, I remember my first day at the USO, I came home and I bawled. Because I was like, oh my God, I'm leaving musical theater. I'm leaving the theater. Like, is this what this is? Lo and behold, you know, I'm able to do both and also feel way more sane. Yeah. (laughs) I have this stability in my life that is this constant. Um, And then I'm able to, you know, audition for things that are right uh, for, for me and, um, and also work on other creative projects, but also like, I feel so creative and, and everything with the position that I'm in right now, cause it's so mission driven, like to think creatively for what our audiences want, um, what are, what the kids want, what the spouses of military want to see. And we're developing an app right now. So like, I get to think about content acquisitions and like look at demographics and I actually find it fascinating. <laughs> so you're like a superwoman. Thanks. I just, I do feel like having control in a way of your destiny is important. 100% and also kudos to you because I feel like artists a lot of times, especially actors, get knocked down so much that we're we're trained to think, well, we can't write or we can't be a producer or we can't do this because, you know, for years we're compared and we're told we're not good enough and et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like a lot of actors let it get to them and let it bring them down and go into a hole. So good for you for like, like we're already like we're already sensitive people and the like the psychology that happens like I've had to work so hard to like undo all this stuff of like oh if I didn't book the lead in this show if I'm not starring at the arena stage next year like you know I'm I'm worthless like I have failed and and for whatever reason like so many of us think that way and um I've had to do a lot of work to just be like I I'm a person outside of this we got to stand up for ourselves and like, be like, no, like I can do other things. I have ideas. I have stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And then you just do it. But, um, I will say like my, I know this podcast is called like survival jobs, but like now it's like, I have this like real person job as a producer, like for an organization and it's run in such a really smooth way that I'm like, why isn't that also in Broadway as like a norm and these survival jobs that we're talking about like if you want to be strategic about something else you can do in tandem with your performance career go get a master's degree in like HR or something like that and then like specialize in theater and then become like the HR person for theater you know you can still work in the industry in in some capacity 
yeah, you could still be, an, you could still be an actor if you wanted to, you know, like just because you do one thing doesn't mean you have to stop doing the other. It's like, if you can make yeah. the time and you have the mental capacity for it, I just feel like I, I don't like to put myself in any kind of a box. It's like, I'm still an artist. I'm still an actor. I am also a producer and writer, but like, I'm sometimes more one than the other. Yeah. You are all of those things. And that's amazing. But going back to like, you were so successful for so many years in the arts and performing a bunch, just to do a little like pivot here to, to go back to talking about performing. Do you remember the first time in your life where you were like, I love this. I want to do it. Like, I want this to be my life. Can you share what that was? Yeah. Um, so when I was in high school, I wasn't one of those kids who wanted to do this for the rest of their life. I loved it. I was good at it. Um, people knew me as a singer in my community. I sang at church. I did the community theater, all that stuff. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be on Broadway. Like that was never really like a true aspiration for me because it just seemed so illogical. Like both my parents right. are attorneys. It was like, you know. <laughs> Like, you don't actually do that, but I really didn't right. know what I wanted to do. I really didn't know really <laughs> what I wanted to do. I, I thought like, I thought I would go into journalism. I thought I wanted to be like a broadcaster, you know, I thought, oh, I'd be good at that, you know, and that seems more like legit than like musical theater. Yeah. And uh, at least I thought, and, and, um, my senior year, I remember my boyfriend at the time took me to go see songs for a new world at Love UMKC it. in Kansas city, which is where I'm from. And uh, up until that point, I'd really only sung Rodgers and Hammerstein, Lerner and Lowe, uh, some classical music, you know, Mozart. I, I was just very like classically trained. And I saw that show and I was so impacted by that music and the way that the songs were interpreted. And I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to audition for musical theater programs. And if I get in, I will go. If I don't get in, I'll do something else. I, it was really like one of those moments where I was like, I'm just going to, this is my do or die moment. If I get it, if I audition, I'm only auditioning for top musical theater programs. I don't want to go to some small school where we, I don't have the network when I graduate yeah. that will help me. So I was like this, I was really strategic and logical about it. I was like, this business is yes. hard enough. I yeah, want, I want to go to that smart that young. <laughs> I was just like, I want to have a leg up going to a Michigan going to a Cincinnati that already like had the network. And so I auditioned for like the top schools and got into some, didn't get into others, ended up going to University of Michigan. I turned down a full ride to the University of Kansas where they were gonna give me a full ride to go and be a broadcast journalist. <laughs> and wow. I, just, I, decide, I decided to go to Michigan and double major in communications and musical theater. So, but it was really that seeing that contemporary show that was just so immediate yeah. that um, made me feel like, I just felt like the, they were, the, his songs just had something to say. Oh my and, gosh, yeah. And I just felt like I wanted to try. And um, I was going to try. And if I didn't get in, okay, at least I tried. But yeah. I, I and, and at the time, too, I didn't tell anyone I was auditioning <laughs> because I was I didn't want to be embarrassed if I didn't get in. So the only people who knew me and my mom 
That's it. I didn't tell anybody. Like, wow. I, didn't tell wow. soul. I didn't even tell my best friends that I was auditioning. My best friend was like, she's also a musical theater actress. And she was like, so mad, mad at me <laughs> that I wouldn't tell her. But I was just like, I was so self-conscious that mm-hmm. if yeah. I didn't get in, that I failed. And yeah. uh, I mean, that's a whole other <laughs> slew of therapy. Uh, but like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I like didn't, I didn't want to let anyone know. And so I ended up getting in and, um, and the rest is history. I went to Michigan, even, even though while I was in Michigan, I, I like at times like wanted to quit and just do communications or like go back home. Like everyone there was so talented and, and so engrossed in the industry already. Like there were people who lived in New York, who lived in LA, lived in Miami, who were like, who went to, went to what's the, Stage Door Manor or whatever the yeah. thing is, or oh, yeah. French French Woods or whatever French. all the all the all these like pre college things like for aspiring musical theater kids they had all gone to all those things like I I didn't go to anything so like I didn't know anything about the business I was not savvy I felt really out of place especially as I I just felt like I was not on their level business savvy wise of like who's who and who's Alice Ripley? Who's Emily Skinner? Yeah. Like, I was like, who are these people? I have no idea. I was like, I just like to sing. <laughs> I don't know. I can, I don't know. I can sing high. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I can sing high notes. It's fine. <laughs> and then I was really intimidated. I was really intimidated. And, um, but in college too, like I also had survival jobs in college waiting tables. I worked at a coffee shop. I was a barista for two years. I would get up and work from six to ten a in the morning. Ten in the morning, then go to tap class. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, so I like did that I, too. I worked all. Yeah, it's like you know, but it's like we're just hard workers. To. I think yeah. that that kind of just you know because I didn't have any money and it was I barely got through college you know on money and grant money and yeah, my mom you know spent so much money to send me to college. So um, yeah, well, so, so I, I yeah well, I started working like. And I always have jobs in high school too. So like, it's not like I was one of those people who like never had a job and then like moved to New York. It was like, I have no money. What do I do? It was yeah. like ingrained in me. It was ingrained in me from 15 years old. Janine, you're going to work. Right. <laughs> so like, I, I mean, I've always worked. I worked when I was 15. I worked at an ice cream shop called Maggie Moose. I was an ice cream scooper, you know, and then worked in a, a beauty salon maggie moves <laughs> maggie moves oh my god it was the best ice cream it was like you would put it on a slab you would scoop it then put it on a slab and then you put toppings inside of it and then you would like mix it together it's like, like it was so good cold stone oh my gosh cold stone it was of. cold stone before cold stone was cold stone it was like the okay. og cold stone so cold like stone back in the early ripped t- it off ripped off maggie yeah Mose. like back basically like back in like 2001 damn wow that's a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny you're talking about that a friend of mine just had surgery and i literally sent him cold stone because all he wanted he was like fucked up excuse me on like you're a good friend he was like oh man i just want some ice cream i sent him birthday cake remix do you guys know what i'm talking about i know exactly what you're talking about you cannot go wrong birthday cake remix is the best you know what ice cream my sister turned me on to is Jenny's ice cream. What is this? I've never heard of it. So they yeah. sell it at Whole Foods. It's just like this 
amazing ice cream that is like the creamiest thing I've ever tasted. It is, it is so good. It, like oh. my sister, which she gave a little bit to her dog and her dog's eyes literally got so big. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. It was like cocaine or something. It was so funny. That is I love such that. a lucky dog. <laughs> Not that I do that or anything, but like, it was really funny. <laughs> what has been your favorite on stage production you've been a part of so far and why? Hmm. A lot to choose from. Hard question. Yeah. They're, they're all my favorite for different reasons. Cause I, I really do like learn and take something away from each experience. But, um, the, the my favorite role I've ever played is, uh, mm. Francesca in Bridges in Madison County. That was oh, my wow. favorite role. I did that a couple summers ago. Um, and Lauren Kennedy directed it. Who's like one of my idols. I just loved playing that role. I feel like, and that's another Jason Robert Brown score. So, mm-hmm. I, and that's one that I just feel like I could sing for the rest of my life. Like it just fit in my voice so well. Um, and the sensibility of the character and everything, I just loved it. Yeah, I, I loved, I loved that. That was probably my favorite role that I've played. That's wonderful. But, um, and, and, and when you say on stage experience, uh, my, my favorite on stage experience was, was probably though doing, um, I performed with the Omaha Symphony a few years ago. I sang Stormy Weather with a full orchestra. I sang Putting on the Ritz with a full orchestra. It was just amazing. So for like, yeah, for like my favorite on stage experience, like it was incredible. I loved doing symphony work because there are just so many musicians on stage. And it, I just, I feel like it's just such magic when everyone is playing and like you're in the center of it and you're just like listening and it's just the coolest thing so so um I hope I get to do more more symphony work it was pretty special and I did um, Symphony. we we did the whole we did all candor and ebb so I sang you know mine hair mine air you know like uh, I um, I did maybe this time like crazy so I just I I just heard a Tony Bennett version of that song last night I'm sorry. Really? Oh, that's great. It's fantastic. I've never heard it before. This is okay I don't think I have either. That. Yeah, I know. Me too. It's fantastic. I, I, was like, I was in my feelings. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, he's sorry. so epic too. Epic. It is. Epic. Um, I did want to talk a little bit more. I know you spoke earlier about the work that you do with your nonprofit, Empowered yeah. Voices, correct? Is that so? I no. so um, empowered voices is not a not for profit. That is for profit. Got it. Um, but we work. We work a lot with uh, the department. Well, we used to work. We don't anymore. Work with the Department of Defense. Um, we used to get hired by the DoD to do workshops with the Army to do yeah. their sexual assault prevention workshops. We used yeah. to do that. We're not so much anymore because now I work for the USO. Uh, and I'm just busy with that. So I'm not really able to focus on empowered voices, but for empowered voices, I did that for three years and it's the, the, um, the company is still in existence and, you know, hopefully I'll be able to pick it up again, but I got some really great experience. I got to go on base and, um, work with our military in a very cool way. We did creative writing together. We did a lot of improvisation together, a lot of role play. And it was so cool to see these like buff like soldiers yeah you know um improving <laughs> right improving and writing stories and talking about their experiences and um also contributing to the script 
So basically I wrote an outline of a script and then based upon the theory of ethnodrama, which is basically like a chorus line where it's basically like real stories that are like documented and then scripted. It's based upon like that whole practice. Um, we would do, we would listen to their stories and we would basically implement their experiences with their permission into the script. And then we would um, perform those. So the soldiers were also actors. So it was Love really cool. That. And these people had, these people had never, been actors before, but what's cool is that, you know, acting has all of these intangible um, attributes and, and gifts that come from acting, like confidence, stepping outside of your comfort zone and connection and teamwork and all that stuff that they also teach in basic training. So there was this really, really wonderful parallel and actually a lot of the, um, terminology that we use in acting is similar to what they use in training motivation objective obstacle uh yeah so uh it was it was cool to find those parallels and also to just be a part of this i have such respect for our service members i have two uncles who served in vietnam and i just have such a respect for them and it was cool to to just like uh bring those two art forms, I view it as an art form to, together um, to talk about a subject sure. that's, really, that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And there's a lot of gray area. Yeah. And um, to, you know, the more we practice doing anything, the better we get at it. So, you know, practice asking for consent, practice, you know, stepping in, bystander, bystander intervention, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it was a cool thing to do. We did it for about three years. And that's what led me to my work now with the USO because I Got had it. such experience. I had a lot of experience going on base, working with our military, you know, knowing the lingo, working with them, mm. um, you know, really developing a really big passion for serving that community and helping them feel like they're not so ostracized because um, they travel so much that it's hard sometimes for them to feel like they really fit into any one community because they're always traveling and they're always yeah. jumping from wherever they're stationed. Place to place. So mm -hmm. Exactly. So especially for kids, you know, they're called military brats. Mm -hmm. They travel so much that sometimes they have a hard time fitting in. So creating some kind of cohesive programming for them became really important. And I'm able to do that with the USO show troop. They became, you know, they're like this, this program that is this, um, this constant for them. So it's a really wonderful, really, really wonderful organization that I'm a part of now. It feels very purposeful. Um, so it's, it's a really good marriage of, you know, what I'm good at as an artist mm -hmm. and then also what I'm passionate about kind of as a person. So I like it. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah, no, I wanted to hear more about it just because I think it's such, it's such important work too. And, and so beautiful is the word I want to use for it. And so Aww, th thanks. thank you for, thank you for, you know, doing that. <laughs> I think it's, but, but yeah. thing, well, it, it really, it, you know, to be honest, it wasn't originally my idea. My business partner, Stephanie Brooks, it was her idea. We, I met her at the stage door of if then on tour. Really? And she was a, That's amazing. Yeah, she's a, so there was a, so if then is about one of the storylines about a military wife. And so a bunch of military related to the story. And so we would invite military to come see it, whatever we're in the city. So we were in Seattle and joint base Lewis Accord. There was a bunch of them that came to see the show at the stage door. Um, I met Stephanie and she was like, Hey, um, 
I'm really interested in maybe like doing some voice lessons. Would you want to get coffee? And I was just kind of like, yeah, sure. Well, let's, let's get a coffee. And cause she was, she wanted to get some voice lessons. And so we had coffee and she's like, you know what, now that I think about it, like I've been trying to get theater into the military as the way we teach prevention education, but I haven't had much luck because they think it's, oh, it's theater. But I right. think if I had a Broadway actor come in and facilitate it, we might have some luck. And I said, you know what? That sounds pretty cool. I didn't really know much about that, but great I'm idea. totally open to learning. Yeah. And what a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, she pitched the idea to her community and um, they were on board. So we came up with this curriculum and it, things just started moving. So we, we, I got invited and we got invited to different um, installations to do these workshops. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how it happened. So it really was a matter of me being open to yeah. saying yes and meeting people um a stranger <laughs> yeah you know and I, I don't recommend I don't recommend I don't recommend that like all the time but <laughs> right uh, when it's right for whatever for whatever reason my intuition said yes this is okay and um we met and then uh I respected her idea and thought that it was a good idea and yeah. um just kind of said you know what yeah I can figure that out so again, it's like trusting that you are able to figure it out and not, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm again, we're all scrappy and we have it's the true. experiences to just, you know, figure it out. I, I don't know. And yeah, so that's, I mean, I, tell, I, I do tell people that it's just like, you can figure it out. Like you really can, like if you just believe you can, <laughs> You can't. It's it's true. Just, you, can, you can trick yourself into believing anything. <laughs> yeah. So, so true. Yeah. You really, really can though. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. As well as Thanks. Sisters Before Misters. And I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit just because, yeah, and you're welcome. <laughs> I'm a screenwriter. Well, I know, well, I know, I know. I was gonna say, I was like, well, you're in the oh, film yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, trying to get trying to get a little bit, you know, a little little spread my wings a little more. I guess I want to ask you. What was your inspiration for that script? And like, where is it? Where, where do you want it to go? Sure. Um, so again, I was on tour with If Then. So If Then changed my life in many ways. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds I don't like know if you know the I show or that. not. But it, if, if Then is about like the different choices you make and just kind of like, I don't know, being open to possibility. I had this and, I, and it was also my third national tour. Mm second national tour and yeah. I basically told myself I'm not is that the one that Idina Menzel was yeah so I covered or, or, Idina. Yes. I went on for I went oh, on wow. for her every Tuesday wow no pressure. uh so <laughs> I um crazy she's lovely it's just you're covering Idina Menzel so yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so I told myself, I'm not going to sleep until three o'clock every day, go to the gym and then go to the show. Like, I'm not going to waste my days. So I'm going to be productive. If I'm in Cleveland and I have nothing to do, I'm going to write or do something. Because the last national tour I did was Young Frankenstein. And I literally would just like, my whole, my whole day revolved around the show. So I just like wasted a year. So, I mean, not that I wasted, the show was wonderful, but you know, as a a human, I wasted it. Yeah. (laughs) So I basically had this idea. I got engaged. Uh, my husband proposed the day of that tour and the tour ended in August. And I had this idea one night <laughs> for a screenplay. And yes. I just started writing. 
I just started writing and I, um, I, I had a layover, uh, in July, I think. And my friend, Eric Holmes, who's a writer for the good fight. He, uh, he's a dear friend of mine. I basically like didn't know how to write a screenplay. Like mm-hmm. I knew how to write for characters. I knew how to write dialogue. I didn't know the formatting. I didn't know final pro. I didn't know anything. So I, I met him for lunch and I said, so I have an idea <laughs> for a screenplay. And I Love pitched it. it to him and he was like, that sounds really fun. Let's do it. And we wrote, we wrote it in six months, like over Zoom, sometimes in person. Like whenever I was on a plane, I would write and then I would send him the, the scene and he was, and then when we got back, um, that I got back that fall and we did a reading with some friends at Shetler, rest in peace. Oh and no, Shetler. Oh, <laughs> so sad. We got a bunch of friends together and we read it and it was really funny. And everyone, like we got feedback and we were like, do we, this is do we actually have something? Here? Like we have something. <laughs> yeah, because like as a writer, like you're in your head, you're writing it, and yeah. you know whatever. And I didn't read any, and I didn't read a part in it. I just listened as a writer. So from there, we just started writing some more, doing rewrites, or whatever. And then um, uh, we got hooked up with a producer because my husband used to work with a woman who was in film finance, and he sent it to her to read and she's like, I'm not really in the creative side of things, but I think this is really good. So I'm going to send it to my, to the, the script reader at this company. So she sent it along script reader, sent it and then sent it to the CEO. And then we got called in. For yes. Her. So it was, it was That's literally right. like my husband, exactly. It was just like, yeah. Oh, my husband knew someone mm-hmm. sent it. And then it got passed along. So they ended up optioning it and um, we went through three years of development. Wow. <laughs> takes a long wow. time. We are uh, our director. We got, we signed on Leah Thompson from back to the future as our director. I saw who that. That's amazing. In, instrumental in this process. Like the wow. script is, ent- is so different. She is so brilliant and sensitive. Um, the script is entirely different because of her. So it really challenged us to like really dig deep into these characters. Like for a while, it was a little um, farcical. It was like a farce. Mm. And she challenged us to really dig into the psychology of these characters. And um, it's so much more, it's just deeper now. And then we signed on our lead actress who I can't say yet. (laughs) Dang it. Um, but she has also been instrumental in this character because, so she's playing the lead, Isabel, and, um, it's like, she knows her, like, it's like, so she, like, she would give us, she, I mean, she would give us ideas and we would just like write it into the script. Like she was, she's been so instrumental. Um, so anyways, we, um, we parted ways with our original producer back in September and we just signed on with a new producer. And we're hoping to shoot, we're hoping to shoot this spring. 
we have some new we have some news that we received last month it's very exciting can't share it yet because it's not public yet but, you'll um, have to come back yeah. for like a um a sequel episode a follow-up and, <laughs> yeah, follow and share all the things you could I would today I would love to I would love to so I look I love writing I love being part I love I love creating I love doing I like creating like I, I like creating something out of nothing I think that's why I like theater so much because it's like scrappy you know, it's like you literally have nothing. Like, and then you have you add your set, yeah. you your costume, you, you, and then before you know it, you have a show. You know, yeah. so um, it's kind of like it's like that with writing. It's like I don't know. It's it's really cool. And so Eric and I are working on a bunch of other stuff, and Amazing. who knows? Like maybe it'll lead to something. Maybe it won't. But um, yeah, so, I yeah. just I just enjoy it. And, and Eric yeah. is very talented. So I, so exciting. Yeah. What are you working on, Jason? I am working on a horror script that I that I started writing during the pandemic. Uh, it's no it's elevated way. horror. <laughs> yeah, I love so, that. I would love to read it. Awesome, it's an incredible you writer. Oh, thank you. I love reading thank scripts. You. Honestly, I love it. Thank you. I would you. love to read it. Oh, I, I'll send it to you. Oh, thank you so, so much. Sweet. I love that. I appreciate of that. Of course. Yeah, I'm you'll always have open to, to any kind of feedback. <laughs> you'll have to come to the Bridgeport For sure. Film Festival this year. Jason started a whole film festival in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We actually both met in Connecticut at college. I knew you were talking about going to New Canaan mm-hmm. earlier. He started an entire film festival in Bridgeport, Connecticut. It's amazing. So you'll have to come this Thank year. You. Oh my gosh. We'll send my, you a pass. So I'm my, like, we'll send you a pass. My husband's cousin. My husband's cousins live in Bridgeport. Really? I've been to Bridgeport many times. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I will be there with bells on. Yes. That's amazing. We can't wait to see the screenplay and we're all going to hang out at Bridgeport Film Fest. Summer 2020. 2022. Am I okay? I just said summer. You said 2020. Oh no. (laughs) It feels like we're in a time warp. (laughs) Trauma. Um, So we have one more question for you and then we usually play a game, which I guess Jason, we can still call it a game. But we're playing, yeah. let's call it an activity. We, we're switching things up for your episode. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But if you okay. had any piece of advice for an inspiring artist, what would it be? Surrounding survival jobs, surrounding the industry, surrounding following your dreams, any piece of advice that you would like to share? Ooh. Um, mm, just trust that you can do it. Just trust that you can do it. You know, like you you know that you can. And I think that when the self-doubt creeps in, you know, listen to your intuition. Like, of course, like you have judgment and everything, but if you're, if it's really just self-doubt, then I think that it's worth it to just give yourself a shot. I agree. Reach in. I love that. Yeah. This was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Of course. Jason, do you want to introduce our activity? I like calling it an activity instead of a game. Uh, we're going to do a quick s- speed round of questions for you to just answer um, as a way to get to know you even more. I don't know what we call it, a speed round? Speed round? I was calling it rapid fire, but we can call oh, it rapid speed fire. Round. I like rapid well, fire. We'll have to keep it going fast. Let's see how fast we- he and I can go. Oh, yeah. Cue the music. Last piece of art that brought you joy. Uh, this of my dog. <gasps> He's so, is it he or she? <laughs> He's taken and we're obsessed with him. So every time he's adorable. Him, like, Look at how handsome he is. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> favorite musical. He's adorable. Ooh, favorite musical. Sending the park with George. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. <laughs> Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. 
Favorite TV show? <laughs> Succession. Oh, oh, so good. My God. <sighs> Best New York City restaurant. Uh, oh, oh my gosh. What is the, Norma. It's this amazing Italian, Sicilian Italian place that we love. There's one in Murray Hill and there's one in Hell's Kitchen. Savory or sweet? Sweet. Go-to Same. karaoke song. Uh, alone, heart. Plays or musicals? <laughs> Honestly, plays. A most watched movie. Um, I really only watch movies once. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Just Friends. <laughs> uh, favorite season? All. No, 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 spring. Spring, because it's hopeful. It's hopeful. Same. What's your go-to coffee order? Uh, okay, it's black coffee with a splash and half and half and two Splenda. Or Stevia. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Guacamole or salsa? Guac, for sure. Go-to dance move? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the Roger Rabbit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> sweatpants or jeans? Uh, sweatpants, please. <laughs> Best song to relax to? Classical music or Van Morrison. Yeah. Your favorite number? Seven. Day or night? Night. Uh, yeah. Favorite animal? Dougies. Wine or beer? Wine. Who do you want to? Pl- who would you have play you in a movie if you could cast someone? Um, so you say that for last. <laughs> well, people say I look like Anna Kendrick, so maybe Anna Kendrick. Yeah, you do kind of look oh, like Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Like, they say we could be sisters, so probably her. Good I love one. that. Good I'm like one. a little older than her, but yeah, her. <laughs> that was fun. Wow, that was fun. Doing a rapid fire that was question. great. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. And I'm also happy we made the Connecticut connection. Me too. Me too. Amazing. I'd love to meet up when I'm out there. Yes. And for I also sure. saw, I saw that you're doing shows at 54 Below. I will come see you. Did I make that up? Yes, please do. Um, I will. Well, the 54 Below ones are done. It was a Jagged Little Pill reunion, but I'm doing a show at, 40, at Green Room 42. Oh. For the Actors Fund. It's a benefit. Yeah. It's February 6th. Two weeks. And that's a great, I love that space too. The acoustics it's are great. Good food space. is good. Yeah. Where can people get tickets so we can like let people know? Um, listen. Yes, you, you, can get t- you can get tickets on Greenroom 42's website. Okay. Uh, and there's also a live stream in case you're not able to be there in person. But there are still in person tickets available. But definitely tune in on the live stream, live stream if you're not able to. And again, it's February 6th and all proceeds go to the Actors Fund. Amazing. Love that. And can you let all the listeners know how they can follow you on social media? Yeah, sure. So um, my Instagram is at Janine Devita. My Twitter is Devita J, just to mix mm. you up there. And then on <laughs> Facebook, I'm just Janine Devita. And then my website's JanineDevita.com. And don't forget to follow us at Survival Jobs, a podcast. Oh my God, Jason, I'm fucking it up. Don't forget, follow- pod. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to follow us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We also confuse people, Janine. And then on Facebook at Survival Jobs, a podcast. So Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I love what I love what you guys are doing and empowering artists to be more than Thank just you. one linear thing that everyone has told us to be.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.